Hi, this is Polly with another episode of Conversations with Psychics, podcasts to help us find out what psychics do, how they do it and why. Join me in discovering that they are everyday people who do extraordinary things. Hi again, in this episode, part two with Natasha, we go into even more detail about energy and Natasha talks about her book and the School of Energy and what you can do there, including popping onto Facebook to ask the energy aunt any questions you have about energy. Okay, enjoy. If you had to explain to somebody about your book, Freedom of the Soul came about for a few reasons, actually. My middle daughter, when she reached the age of 17, she had a group of friends and all of them, apart from her, were having issues to do with anxiety. But that was manifesting in self-harming, eating disorders, needing counselling. And it frightened me to death. It really frightened me. Then one of her friends came over one day for tea. She discovered that my daughter had been attuned to Reiki and that I taught Reiki. And she was absolutely fascinated. And she became quite animated and she wanted to know all about it and was asking me questions, etc. My daughter was dying of embarrassment, sliding under the table. But she was like, really, no, I want to learn about this. And then I have a very good friend called Jan Tanai. And he has his own publishing house and he said why don't you write us a book <laughs> and I said really I hadn't even thought about doing it until that point and I said really what, what should I write about so those three things came together and I thought I'm going to write about energy management and I'm going to present it primarily for teenagers that particular generation are so anxious they have such a level of anxiety they have such issues with self-harming eating disorders other generations have it as well but that particular age group seems to be really anxious and I wanted to give them tools for life like we talked about a way of being more proactive taking control more of how they feel hopefully reducing the anxiety that they're suffering so I designed the book to be a proactive workbook they read through it they work through the exercises the meditations they look at the crystals that I suggest after each chapter and they pick out what works for them in the morning you know they need to pick things that just resonate with with them and just have a little routine just like when I was having the trauma and I went back to my basic routine little routine they can do in the shower in the morning and they can do it alongside any other therapies that they're having It's not going to affect that. And I absolutely recommend that they journal what happens to them each week after everything that they use. They use a particular crystal. How does it make you feel? What happened? Did people start smiling at you in the street? You know, are you aware that something has shifted? Just to get them on board that there is something that they can do to change their life. Life is not happening at them. They are in control of what they manifest in their life. Initially, it was done for teenagers, but actually people who have had a trauma, like we were talking about earlier, have found it to be particularly useful. And then also people who are starting off on their path, they just want to get more information about it to just understand. There's so many books out there, so much information, but I hope that I just give them ideas. And if they read about something, they think, oh, that's really interesting. They go off and read 10 more books on it and learn about it and they go off on a tangent. For a beginner, it kind of goes back to what you're saying about observation. So 
if you pick up a crystal and you think, oh, I don't really know that I felt anything from that, are you saying really look at what you felt? Don't expect big sky writing or, you know, a letter to come through the door with what you've asked for. There'll be subtle subtle sort of shift yes yeah there will be subtle shifts so uh, i often say that you know why on earth isn't it written in neon <laughs> when you do meditation what you have to do next why do they make it so hard um but i suppose you have to come to your own realizations and understandings you know you can pick up a crystal and think actually that didn't resonate with me that's and maybe you don't need that crystal at the moment you know so uh, i would just say we'll try something else it will always be something that you're drawn to that you think, oh, you know, I might actually read about that. And you might make decisions, not really understanding why you're making the decisions. And you say like something might come through the door and you think, oh, OK, I'm, that really interests me. OK, I'm going to find out more about that. When I look back on things, the most profound points have not been like, you know, neon in the sky and explosions and fireworks. I've actually not even noticed. And that's because I think you're so in the flow of the universe. You're so in the flow of where you should be. And it's so comfortable. You don't actually really notice that anything's happening until afterwards. Yeah. And then you think, oh, OK, I'm, I'm doing this now. That is so true and when you're in the flow it's very very easy it's almost like you know there's no effort needed and unfortunately that's not all the time <laughs> it's just little snippets that you suddenly think oh okay you said that you had four pillars reiki was one of the pillars another pillar was the concept of intention you know you have to set your intention and how important intention is is basically the key to unlocking certain energetic frequencies. You have to be quite specific. So, for instance, if you're having a past life regression session, you set your intention at the beginning of the session because otherwise you can be all over the place. Meditation, I love meditation, not in the meditation as such, but visualization, which is a form of meditation. I'm incredibly visual. I get really good visions protection yes what we talked about before how important that is so many people teach reiki and teach other energy therapies and they don't even touch on protection so in the book i have a whole chapter on protection you can protect using crystals or using smudging or incense or symbols you can protect your space you can protect your car you can protect your house your office, you know, you can really protect yourself from negative energy that will, will, that is affecting you, but is not your stuff. So if you then protect yourself from negative energy coming from the outside in, how does your negative energy inside get out? Or is that like, oh, Polly? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good question. People will ask that. Well, I don't think that the edge of our energy field is a solid structure i think it's a bit like osmosis some stuff flows in some stuff flows out it's almost like a membrane and we allow some things in and some things out it's it's all very clever yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know and, and there's no conscious activity of shall i let that go or shall i not let that go or shall i let that come in in a way it's an unconscious reaction see it as an organic piece of like just moving machinery which is taking in all this sort of information from your environment 
So you, if somebody walked up behind you, even if you didn't hear them, you could sense them, couldn't you? It's sensing the outside environment, but it's also able to release stuff that it doesn't want to hold on to. It's this whole flowing mechanism. And for me, the solar plexus is the kingpin, which holds all this everything together and then what you said about how different chakras can form a relationship i've never heard that before chakras have their own consciousness that's quite a hard concept but it's believed that they have their own consciousness and they can if a chakra is struggling they can form a relationship with one of the other chakras that helps them function does that mean that sometimes if you've got a problem with say one chakra that you are trying to cope with it in a different way. So for example, if you've got a low self-esteem, you might end up coping with it by shouting. It's like yeah. like this one, the voice is trying, the, the throat chakra is trying to help the low self-esteem, which is the solar plexus, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. But doing it in the wrong way. So you actually need to bring it back to the balance. So if your throat chakra is shouting, maybe it's too open and your solar plexus is closed. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's trying to balance the energy. That reminds me of something. When I did my master's in parapsychology, we had to devise an experiment. And my experiment was about Reiki. I had a friend who was a paramedic, so she was part of it, and she took everybody's temperature and blood pressure. And there was one gentleman that came along, and he knew he was getting a migraine that morning, and he didn't tell anybody. He just came along for the Reiki. And what was absolutely fascinating was that on the chart, his blood pressure was going up like this because his body was coping with a migraine. But the energy was balancing out his rise in blood pressure with the practitioner's drop in blood pressure in some way the energy balances aspects of our energy field that need balancing wow that's incredible also i've always been fascinated about where our consciousness is because it's not believed to be in our brain our brain is our physical you know mechanism but the consciousness the awareness of Uh, me, I am, where is that? And actually, you know, there has been some research about that and they do believe that it's in our energy field, which I just find fascinating. I've heard that it's at the solar plexus. Actually, that's really interesting because I hadn't heard that, but actually I have been shown, and that's why I've written in my book, that chapter about the solar plexus being the main kingpin that holds it all together. Very quickly, you said that you'd learned that karma was no longer a thing because we were all a bit useless at learning it. We were all so hopeless at doing it. Can you explain that? Yeah, I recently was given, had that awareness or, or heard that from somebody. There is no longer karma. So there's no longer that we have to work through lessons because the human race was taking so long <laughs> to get that. <laughs> We're a bit slow. Yeah. However, people can still sit in the energy of karma that I have to suffer because I did something bad in a past life. That's how people see karma. But there is no longer any karma. We don't have to stick to the patterns of working through past mistakes or things that we did in past lives. We can do anything that we want to do now. We can change 
direction. We can walk away from people that we've been on the whole pathway. We can do what we want now, but some people are still stuck in that concept that there is karma and there isn't anymore. You don't have to put yourself in boxes that you think you have to be in or go along with society's ideas of you. And I think that's also why society is shifting so much at the moment. There's so many extreme things that are happening that 10 years ago, we just wouldn't believe it would ever happen. And it's because we can, we can change and do whatever we want now. Wow, that's very interesting and a relief. From a past life point of view, have you been a healer in a past life? Yes. <laughs> that's it, that's the words were coming out of my mouth. I why am I asking such a dumb <laughs> And also in the singular, it's just like, oh, probably more than one life. Definitely, I have about eight that I've seen. I've seen them sort of line up in a way which is quite powerful in their different incarnations. And I, I did at the time think, wow, okay, <laughs> lot to live up to. <laughs> it's too much to ask where it stems from. Obviously, I'm going to say, you know, Egypt, Atlantis. Do we have... Um, where I was in those past lives. Like where, where the, the core of it comes from. I believe that as souls, we choose the lessons that we want to learn. At some point, I have chosen to be of service to others, to learn about energy, to try and help people heal and help people feel better in some way. Because these lives that I've seen are all in different parts of the world and they're all female, actually, and different things that they are doing to help people. So somewhere I have made that decision to learn about that. Now, the other thing that you said in your book, when you swirl up a lake... Some stuff yeah. dissipates and some stuff sinks, sinks to the bottom for looking at at a later date. And I got all worried that if it sinks to the bottom, <laughs> you know, what do you do with it? Or is your, is your point that you have to keep on going, as you say, it's a flow, it's flowing. Okay, something's going to come up, tend to it, understand it and then let it go. Yeah. And do you know what? I never thought I had any issues until I started on this path. And then I'm still clearing stuff. It is absolutely layered. It isn't a quick fix. It's a way of life. It is a process. But the more you clear, the clearer your energy gets and the easier you can move through life. Is there anything else you would like to add? Just to, to say about the School of Energy, which I'm really, really excited about. People can go and have a look at that on www.energyschoolcourses.co.uk. And it's just celebrating energy and everything to do with energy. And like I say, we have lots and lots of courses there. And then we also have our Facebook page with School of Energy, where we've introduced Energy Aunt. So it's questions that people have about energy. As mad or as ridiculous as you want, it really doesn't matter. And then energy aunt answers them for you. 